1 Samuel 27, 1 through 12. Then David said in his heart, Now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of seeking me any longer within the borders of Israel, and I shall escape out of his hand. So David arose and went over, he and the 600 men who were with him, to Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David lived with Achish at Gath, he and his men, every man and his household, and David with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. And when it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, he no longer sought him. Then David said to Achish, If I found favor in your eyes, let a place be given me in one of the country towns that I may dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? So that day Achish gave him Ziklag. Therefore Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. And the number of the days that David lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months. Now David and his men went up and made raids against the Geshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. For these were the inhabitants of the land from of old, as far as Shur, to the land of Egypt. And David would strike the land and would leave neither man nor woman alive, but would take away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the garments, and come back to Achish. When Achish asked, where have you made a raid today? David would say, against the Negev of Judah, or against the Negev of the Jeremielites, or against the Negev of the Kenites. And David would leave neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, thinking, lest they should tell about us and say, so David has done. Such was his, com such was his custom all the while he lived in the country of the Philistines. And Achish trusted David, thinking he has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow. So continuing on in the story of David, and this is a an interesting turn in the story. Yeah. Because David, the whole time... We I mean, don't we, see this coming. Yeah, yeah. We've pointed out like various psalms that he's writing like while he's hiding in caves yeah. and different things like that. That's like these amazing psalms of, you know, he's he's on the run and men are wanting his life, but he's steadfast in the Lord and he's praising the Lord for, for the Lord's faithfulness and, and, and these type things. And then all of a sudden we get to chapter 27. Yeah. And David, who at one point you know, was kind of like a madman has kind of turned into a madman like again mad here. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is like, we talked about Saul, like turning into the Quentin Tarantino, like crazy, crazy person. Yeah. Like David, David's kind of doing this here. So it, it seems like he's almost like had enough yeah. of the, the chase by Saul. Yeah. And now he's leaving Israel and going to the land of the enemy, the Philistines. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a big like screw this moment yeah. in David's life. And, right. You know, it, it's very interesting that it is, uh, you know, it's juxtaposed to this story in 26 where it's actually a great moment of faith and courage and, you know, faithfulness where David spares Saul's life mm. the second time. Right. And... It, it, this story kind of like slaps you out of nowhere because 
you think David's going to go off and do something valiant or, you know, maybe start to become king. Right. Saul has repented and returned back home. Right. And instead, David, he kind of crumbles. And, and we he, hang a hard left. Yeah. And like, <laughs> he starts, just like for a little clarity of what happens here, he starts with this quote, now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. So mm. he basically says, Saul is going to kill me one day. Yeah. Like that, that what's, what is his first thought after like watching Saul, you know, kind of repent and go back home. David's like, I know how this ends. He's going to come back after me. Not wrong. And he's like, Saul is going to kill me. And so there's nothing better. I might as well just go dwell in Gath where Saul's not going to go and, and, you know, make a living as a a warrior. Yeah. The king of Gath. Uh, I might as well go to the land of the Philistines, hang out there. And so, you know, it's always it's it's always easy to in hindsight to look back and say, well, you should have like kept trusting the Lord, you know, and s- sometimes people do that to us in our lives and it's like, okay, you didn't walk through the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he is under an enormous amount of pressure. However, he goes to the land of the Philistines, and this is kind of the crazy thing about the story. He goes to the land of Philistines and goes to this guy Achish who gives him a a plot of land or like a little yeah. city to go live yeah. in, Ziklag. Yeah. You know, and so he's like, go, go chill over here in Ziklag. So 600 of David's men are with him along with all their, their families and their households, it says. So all of them go live in this little city. It would have been one thing if he goes over there and just kind of hangs out, Mm -hmm. you know, they start farming and like living off the land and, you know, just kind of taking a little breather from, from the craziness of Saul or whatever. But he, he doesn't do that. Like now David kind of goes crazy himself and what it what it appears that he's doing is that he's he's no longer trusting in the lord that he's actually going to become king of israel so he flees to the philistines and then it looks like he actually starts to try to carve out his own kingdom yeah so he goes into all these other uh places the geshurites the gearzites and the amalekites and he starts doing terrible things, killing every man and a woman, leaving no one alive, taking all their livestock. And, uh, and, and then he comes back and Akish is like, Hey, where you been? You know, are y'all like out in the field planting, you know, shrubbery to make Ziklag look a little better. And he's like, well, no, we've been over in this place, the Negev of this place or the Negev of this place. Mm -hmm. And so he keeps, and then he keeps lying to Akish about where he's been. Mm. So it's just a a deterioration of David yeah. in this one chapter. Yeah, you know, I think it's so Psalm 34 is the psalm that David writes. The the first time he goes to Gath, you know, he acts like a madman uh, for fear of his life and they 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 drive him out instead of killing him. Hmm. And David writes this psalm, Psalm 34, which if that doesn't ring a bell, a lot of these phrases would magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me all from all my fears. Taste and see the Lord is good. All these famous phrases come from Psalm 34. And, mm. you know, I, I find it especially uh, potent. You know, one of these phrases in here is the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. And it's just very clear that here, that is not David's 
disposition anymore. Right. You know, right. any longer. Like he he is living in in fear of Saul. Yeah. And, and you know, understandably so, not rightfully, but understandably. And, and I just I find that very, you know, it kind of brings David back down to earth in this narrative because mm. it's easy to view. Uh, Saul as just like this unhinged evil person that there's nothing redeemable about him. And then David is this untarnished hero. And it kind of puts humanity back. And like, this is somebody, this is a a year and four months where David's, you know, fear and doubt seems to be eclipsing his, his courage and faithfulness. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, Joe Beth and I, a couple of years ago, read through the uh, the whole Bible in a year um, with some other people as well, and we were reading through that, and like we really got hung up in First Samuel and Second Samuel because David David is oftentimes I mean it's not that we had never read it before, but it kind of hit us afresh. But David is oftentimes like the the Sunday school David mm. is very different than the like First and Second Samuel David, oh, yeah, because it, you know he's the he's the guy that's anointed king and then he, you know, stands up to Goliath and, you know, we hear about those stories and, but you, you read about David and, and he's like very hot and very cold. Yeah. Uh, just seems to be kind of the, the story of David. And, um, you know, this is one of these times where he's like very cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's had very hot moments of like, you know, just a, a passionate heart for the Lord and now he's like falling into this, you know, terrible way of thinking, this kind of like desperation. And now he's doing these terrible things and going out and like killing all these other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it it can be a struggle sometimes, like when we read passages like this to think like, what is going on? Like yeah. with this God, with this guy who, you know, we famously know as like the man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's just to, just to point to the fact that like, he, he is just that, like he's a man. He's a man like all of us that, that mm. falls into sin. And of course, David will have times moving forward where he comes back to the Lord. Um, and so I, I think it's a, a lesson for all of us. Like sometimes we can be looking back to moments in our life where the Lord, you know, we we kind of like bank on those times that, that we were close to the Lord or whatever, but how are you right now? Like David in this moment, he needs to repent. He needs to turn back. And, and so how are you right now? Like, are you in a moment of like closeness to the Lord or are you kind of like always looking back to say, you know, I used to be close to the Lord. Um, or, or are you in a moment where you might be like David, like you might be in this, in this dark season where it's like, I need to repent of some things and, and get close to the Lord. Yeah. You know, this past Sunday of us recording this, uh, D's preached on basically this notion that pervades a lot of culture that the idea that the God of the old Testament and the God of the new Testament are fundamentally different people, right. you know, that God in the old Testament is very, you know, kind of just reacts to, it's like an eye for an eye sort of system with God, whereas the God of the New Testament is much more gracious and kind. And yet I think these sorts of moments are are powerful because David is the man after God's own heart. Yeah. You know, and David is God's anointed and David is beloved of God. But 
there are these dark, as you were saying, these very, very dark stains. And it's not just the David and Bathsheba moment that is more often talked about. Right, right. But, you know, there's there's this, there's David's census, which is a very overlooked moment of where David incurs God's wrath. But it, it reminds me of Psalm 103, which is one of the Psalms of David. And it, it's my favorite Psalm. And, you know, verse uh, verse 10 and 11 says, he does not deal with us according to our iniquities, mm. nor repay us according to our, our sins. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And, you know, we mm. see even here in the life of David, it's easy to think like, oh, David was essentially good and obedient. So God rewarded that. But even here, David is hidden in the love and favor of God. And, yeah. and it's God as the, as his father, you mm. know, another verse in this Psalm says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So it, it's the fatherly nature of God, you mm. know, that is, is shielding David and, and forgiving him of his sins. Yeah, here. that's right. I Oftentimes when I think of the life of David and this whole kind of hot or cold thing, I, I think in Revelation 3 where... Um, where you know John is taking this this revelation and is is uh, writing to the church of Laodicea and he says I know your works you are neither cold nor hot would that you were either cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold I will spit you out of my mouth so there there is something like that the Lord appreciate I'm not saying like try to be hot and cold yeah. that's not the message six, yeah. but like if you are lukewarm yeah. yeah if you are lukewarm this is not how the Lord wants you to be. Yeah. Like if you just come to church and just have this general like indifference towards the Lord, but you're kind of carrying out what appears to be the right things. Mm -hmm. That is not how the Lord wants you to be. Yeah. Like he wants you to be hot for him. He wants you to be passionate, affectionate towards him. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how we grow close to the Lord. So, yeah. and, and David uses, you know, these seasons of disobedience and rebellion, push David into the compassion that's and right. mercy of God, so, yeah. which we'll see later. Man, great stuff. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Barrett Fisher. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.